Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. A special midweek edition of the show as the Major League Baseball postseason is underway. I went into Fenway Park earlier today on this Tuesday, October 2nd, and recorded an exclusive interview with Red Sox president Sam Kennedy. We sat down, did a one-on-one. I basically recorded a whole podcast with Sam Kennedy. So, uh... If you're taking a look at the Red Sox postseason schedule, they will begin game one of the ALDS on Friday night. Chris Sale on the mound as the Red Sox will host the winner of the AL wildcard game between the New York Yankees and the Oakland Athletics. So we had a lot to talk about. We talked about Chris Sale, David Price, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, uh, Alex Cora as the new manager of this team. And we also discussed the current Major League Baseball postseason format, and I asked him if he would change anything or even consider wanting a wild card series instead of a wild card game. I mean, you win 100 games if you're the Yankees, and you now have to play one game just to see if you can get into a best of five series in the ALDS. Try to put yourself in their shoes just for a moment. I'm not saying you should feel bad for the Yankees, but try to put yourself in their shoes, if that was the Red Sox, you win 100 games, you got to play one game. Would you consider a, a change and, and make that a wild card series, even if it was just a best of three? I asked Sam Kennedy about all of that and more. But before I play that audio for you, i got to tell you, this is presented by Beantown USA. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. It's also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. At DraftKings, there are no season-long commitments, and I am already looking ahead to Week 5 in the NFL. Sign up right now for the $1.7 million play-action contest for Sunday's Week 5 slate. $1.7 million in total prizes. With $100,000 going to first place, just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, play for free in this contest by signing up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. And this is presented by Bet Online. Join the Bet Online Pick'em Contest, and you could win $25,000. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag with promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus, that's PODCAST1, that's the promo code, at betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus, whether it's college football, the NFL, the Major League Baseball postseason, or how about the biggest UFC fight of the year this Saturday, McGregor vs. Khabib on October 6th in Las Vegas, UFC 229. Khabib is currently the favorite at minus 167. The over-under on the number of rounds this is going to go is two and a half. So now is the perfect time to make your online wages at betonline.ag and take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. So here it is, my conversation with Red Sox president Sam Kennedy. Again, we recorded today on Tuesday, October 2nd, leading you in 
to the Major League Baseball postseason, and more specifically, the Red Sox ALDS series, which again begins Friday night at Fenway. Enjoy! All right, joining me right now is Sam Kennedy, president of the Boston Red Sox, and I am actually sitting inside of Fenway Park. Now, inside, like the offices, right? (laughs) Sam Kennedy's office here at Fenway, overlooking the third baseline and the top that's out there. It's wet, it's cold, it's October, which means one thing, Sam, postseason baseball. How ready are you for this? We are ready. We are ready. It, um, when you get the light mist and it's cooler out there, you are uh, reminded that it's time for October baseball. But the way it's set up is, has been really positive to know that we're playing Friday and Saturday as opposed to going on the road and sure. you're not really sure when and how and why. Um, but look, just to be back here, this is our 10th uh, October baseball appearance since uh, we arrived here back in 2002. So you never take it for granted. You realize how hard it is to get here. And we are, uh, we're fired up. We're fired up to watch these games, uh, the playoff games, the play-in games, the yeah. playoff games. Uh, it's been a, a really exciting weekend for baseball, exciting week. I was talking to Eckersley last night about he's doing the, the games this week on TBS, and he is like amped up, ready to go. <laughs> well, I can imagine. So it's good. It's good. We're, we're excited. And uh, just a huge credit to Alex Cora and the guys for winning the division. They, you really realize the premium on winning the division. That sure. is what baseball has created, and it, and it works well. And we'll get into – I have a couple questions about the postseason format and where it stands now and some things that have happened, especially in the American League with a couple teams having 100 wins. I'll ask you about uh, what you think – of the postseason format right now in, in 2018. But but first of all, thanks for having me in here today. Thanks for letting me come in to record the podcast with you uh, because I know you got a lot going on. Hey, it's uh, well, welcome back. It's good to have <laughs> know, you right? back. I think we're, you're a regular on the uh, show. Now. Well, we're all fans <laughs> of the uh, of the show and the and the podcast, and um, it's uh, it, it's you know you, we want to be connected with the real Boston fans. That's and right. You, you represent real Boston. That's right. So uh, it's great to be with you. And, and I feel like what I've represented, too, over the last, we'll say, a month and a half is, and maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, I'll, so I'll just speak for myself for right now, but the last month and a half, I've been like, just get me to October. Get me to the postseason. We know the Red Sox are going to be in the tournament. You know, I knew they were going to win the division. I think a lot of us knew they were going to win the division. You probably knew you were going to win the division, too. I mean, it was just a matter of time till they clinched it. Just get me to October, but, I mean... 108 wins. What are you thinking as you watched this season progress, as you watched basically <laughs> early on just almost run away with it? Obviously, the Yankees were involved, and you had a, a couple other teams there, but it's just the way this thing went down, 108 wins. I keep saying that to myself, and I'm like, what do you think? What does Sam Kennedy, president of the Red Sox, think as he's watching this season progress the way it did? Yeah, honestly – what I think is that the more you think you know about baseball, <laughs> the less you really do. It, it, it can. It is so confounding um, to come into a season where you think your team is hopefully things are going to go well. You're going to stay healthy, and you know you win 93, 95 games, and you think that should be you know enough to win the division. Definitely a wild card. Maybe you know 96, 97 yeah. games. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're looking at a team that's won 108 games. It's it's remarkable. And look, we know that there's some some teams in the division that really really struggled, obviously. But if you looked back at spring training, you know, at the Baltimore Orioles, for example, or the Toronto Blue Jays, you, I had Baltimore going the playoffs. Yeah, I I I had them being very very competitive. Um, so it just shows you, you know, why we play the games. It's such a overused cliche, but you really do you really don't know exactly what you have till you go out there and you do it this is I just completed my 17th year as a member of the front office I've been in a variety of of roles Um, and each and every season you know we're humans so we're optimists we work in sports we're very very lucky so I think usually you come in with an optimistic view of the season you look at the rotation you look at the positional players you look at the addition of JD Martinez and I think we would have been happy with a team that won the division and won, you know, 10 less games, right? But it's just been remarkable. Um, and, you know, the last month we've sort of felt the same way. I spent uh, four days in New York City uh, on the last road trip just sort of saying, all right, when are we getting out of here? When are we going to win this thing and go back home and get ready to start planning for the playoffs? Um, and I'll tell you, Danny, one thing you'll appreciate, the energy, the vibe, at Yankee Stadium. Obviously, it's been at Fenway all year. Energy, vibe, intensity at Yankee Stadium is back. It's it was it was reminiscent of my early days here, oh three, oh four, oh five. They're buying into that team down there now. Look, who knows uh, what's going to happen and and uh, who we're going to match up against. But th- it's good for baseball to have these um, uh, these races back in there. And you look at the Yankees, hundred and sixty two, and people are saying, well, what do you think about Aaron Boone? Well. If you told me that Aaron Boone was going to go 162 at the beginning of the season, you'd say he's got a pretty good shot at manager of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, so that just it it's just accentuates what Alex Cora has done. So it's uh, it's been great. But now look, we throw it all out the window, and David Price said it well, right? He go, you can go 35 and 0. Who cares? It's about October. It's it's about October, and this group they, they know that. Uh, Mookie talked about it yesterday, and they they're they're ready to go. Well, my biggest concern, and it's the I think a concern with a good amount of people, is Chris Sale. Because, you know, we saw the velocity down in his last outing. And um, I've been going back. Let me tell you this. I've been going back and forth on my concern level with Chris Sale. The first DL stint, I said, you know what? Being overly cautious. Comes back, goes right back on the DL. I think to myself, "Uh uh-oh. Then he comes back and, you know, slowly working him in. And he has that one inning where he was lights out. And you're like, all right, Chris Sale's back. But then <laughs> the velocity's down. And I'm to a point where the game one is Friday night, right here at Fenway, ALDS, against the winner of Oakland and New York, which is Wednesday night. And I'll be honest, Sam, I don't know what we're going to get out of Chris Sale. I don't know what Chris Sale is going to look like. Is he going to have the velocity? I don't know. Do you have concerns about that as well? And is there an update maybe on on his status and and – you know, is he going to be restricted in any way? Like how many pitches, innings? Like what are we looking at with Chris Sale heading into game one? Well, first of all, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm paid to worry. Uh, I worry <laughs> about everything, uh, including the health of our players. But you, you must you always do. what's going on with Chris yeah. Sale. He, he, look, he, he is a guy who, uh, just to just to go back in time a little bit, last year, about a year ago, when uh, we sort of showed life at the end of that Houston series, and unfortunately, it was too little, too late, um, we, we we didn't show up in games one and two, we come back, all of a sudden, there's some energy, there's some life, um, 
Chris Sale, about an hour and a half after the game, uh, we were down just thanking everybody for a great season. John Henry, Tom Werner, some of my colleagues, just thanking everybody for everything they did. Chris Sale was sitting in the clubhouse on the ground, uh, off to the side, full uniform. He had not changed out of his uniform. He was pissed off and he was looking straight ahead and I have never seen a look that intense in my 17 years here. This is a guy who lives for Friday night and that moment. He wants it so bad. Um, and so you worry a little bit that, you know, how amped up is he going to be knowing that? So, and he's obviously, he's had uh, the inflammation a little bit in the shoulder and he's been managing it and working back up. What I'm, where I'm optimistic is Alex Cora has done a brilliant job of sitting guys when they needed to sit. You know, mm-hmm. you get two days off, sit, sit Mookie with, with, with a day off the next day, so on and so forth. We've been building Chris Sale back up. He's had a little bit of mechanical issues, as he said, trying to sort of find that strength when you come back. Uh, my prediction is you're going to see – Chris Sale, the Chris Sale that we all know and, and love. Of course, do I know? No, I have no idea. I'd be I'd be in another business if I knew. I'd probably live out in, in I don't know, Vegas or something, right? You'd have your own uh, podcast. Yeah, I'd have my own <laughs> podcast. But I will tell you that he will be ready. He will be, the intensity level will be at an all-time high. And I'm I'm fired up to see him uh, Friday sure. night because this is what, this is what, this is why Chris Sale, um, this is why he's here, this is what he lives for. Um, and uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, let's just say that, based upon talking to uh, our doctors and, and, and hearing him, his comments, and talking to Alex Cora. Uh, but this time of year, you are, you know, you're always worried guys are, everyone's a little bit banged up, right? It's late in the year, and um, but something just kicks in when you get into postseason play. And when, when that crowd at Fenway, when they, when they get the energy um, bringing it on Friday night, it'll be, uh, it'll be a special environment, and uh, it'll be fun to see him go, and I think he'll be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's not ideal to have this situation because you went out and got Chris Sale because because of Friday night. Like yeah. the, the Friday night right here at Fenway, that's why you got Chris Sale. And you mentioned it didn't work yep. out early on last year. Now he came out, you know, obviously that one of those last games until the Bregman home run, he was lights out. But, I mean, this is why you acquired Chris Sale. Yeah, we, this is why we've uh, made a lot of the uh, off-season moves the last couple of years, right? We've been trying to complement that young core of guys who we scouted and drafted and signed, the Mookies, the Jackies, the Benintendis, the Bogarts, and you complement them with high-profile either free agents or trades like a Chris Sale uh, because John Henry and Tom Werner want to play baseball in October every year. And that's hard because, you know, getting to the postseason is is really, really difficult. We're watching uh, our old friend Theo Epstein go through it in Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really tough, even if you have – uh, an uber talented roster to to crack through and and especially um, in the American League now we, we look at Cleveland Houston Oakland New York um, it's, it's kind tough. of it's been a coin toss right with the in terms of our record I think we're actually under 500 against all those teams uh, despite a 108 win season so the postseason all the decks are cleared but we love it. I mean, th- this is this is what we live for. A chance to play baseball in October at Fenway Park. Um, it's what it's all about, and and we're gonna see we're gonna see how Chris Sale uh, looks. We're, we're we're excited, and and then we're gonna see how David Price looks yes, in, out are. of the rotation in Game Two, right here at Fenway, which will be Saturday night. And you know he said it, and you referenced it a few minutes ago. 
It's about October, especially for him because, you know, there are these postseason demons that lurk over him from the rotation. He's not running from it, and, and he shouldn't because it's a real thing. We saw what he did out of the bullpen last year. Now this team needs to see that out of the rotation. And I guess I ask you, I mean, is there any concern level there that, that maybe those demons show up again now that he's in the rotation? Because this is, this. you know, you look at David Price, the reason you brought him here, he's got the opt-out after this season. I know he's been saying all the right things, but but this is a huge start for him. We can talk about sale all we want with that the shoulder inflammation, but really for David Price... This is a monstrous start on Saturday night for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd love to say we exercise all of our demons back in 2004. <laughs> um, 2003 was so disappointing. Or four, we came back. We, we, we got it done. Um, something about being from Boston and being from New England, it, it doesn't matter how many championships we win. And I say we, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics, mm. Revolution, Red Sox. We figure out, you know, we sort of approach the world. We do have this um, uh, cloud that's out there over our head saying, geez, you know, what what could possibly go wrong well, here? And we have a higher standard now that goes that's along right. with that. That's wow. right. And so um, I will tell you from being around David Price all year long, um, from getting to know him, uh, getting to know him from his uh, status as a free agent to his adjustment to Boston, I think one of the most difficult things for him was dealing uh, with not feeling 100% and dealing with an injury now, you know, n- not going to rehash any ancient history, sure. um, but he is feeling good. And he, he, like Chris, <laughs> he wants success in the postseason. I remember what he did to us in 2008. Uh, I still maintain that that 2018, we, we, we easily would have won the world series that year had Tampa not uh, bounced us out. But again, so, that was out of the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't as a, as a starter. And he, so he is relishing this moment. He, he wants it. Um, and again, you don't want to put too much pressure on these guys, but you can't hide from it. This is you. You've pointed it out. This is a huge night for both guys. Great opportunity for both guys. Um, and one of the things that uh, has been so consistent is the balanced offensive approach. So be great to go. I like Sunday. You know, I read Dan Shaughnessy like everybody else. It was. It did. Did it feel like a little bit like a must win on Sunday? It's absolutely ridiculous to say that, but no, did it? Yeah, it did. It felt like we needed to win that game. I actually talked to, to David Ortiz uh, on another subject Saturday night, and he's like, hey, bro, we got to win tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so it's like <laughs> David Ortiz is calling yeah. from Miami saying, hey, Sam, come on, we got to win tomorrow. You know, let's go. I'm like, all right, I'll pass it along to Alex and the guys. You know, David, what am I going to do? But – I thought we, you were talking about the Patriots. We, for a minute. yeah, yeah. Well, I, that, I was like, well, yeah, that was a must-win oh, against Miami, and they <laughs> and they got it done. They got it done. But no, Sunday, um, you know, it, it just we want we did not want to lose four in a row. We did not want to end the uh, the season on a, a regular season on a loss to the New York Yankees. Um, and so, look, we're we're we know we know how to win in the postseason. That's the good news. Um, but this group has has this feeling like they're here to achieve something special. So now's our opportunity to go out and show it. And uh, 108 wins is great and great, fun, entertaining regular season. This is a team that I hope uh, our fans feel was, you know, worthy of their support all year long. But now mm-hmm. we move to the season that 
Bostonians and all of us here in New England really care about. Now, do you think about, as as the president of this organization, do you, when David Price takes that mound game two with the ALDS Saturday night, do you think about what the future holds with him in this organization? Or is it something that you already you guys already know he's he's sticking around and, and, and you're not worried about that? Yeah, no, I'm not worried about that. I, I'm just excited for him to go. I want him uh, and, and every guy in uniform on this team, coaching staff to, to positional players. I want David Price, Chris Sale um, to experience the winning, the, the ultimate prize here in Boston because there's nothing like it. I mean, to win in Boston, to experience what uh, we've all been a part of as a, as a Red Sox community the last 15 years, what happened and whether it was 13 or seven or four, there's just nothing like that, and I want every guy that wears a Red Sox uniform to have that feeling because I, I just know I know how much it means to David Price. I know how much it means to Chris Sale. Um, God, I know how much it means to Dustin Pedroia, who, you know, what a teammate, you know, just sitting there on the top step of the dugout helping everybody out. Um, it, it means so much to these guys, and it's a limited window in their professional careers mm. that they have the opportunity to do it. So, yeah, again, you don't want to put too much pressure, but let's be honest. These guys know the stakes, uh, and it's why they're here, and uh, it's going to be great. I mean, I can't wait. I would, the only problem with, you know, having winning the division, having it all set up, is you got a four- or five-day wait to get going. Then there's the whole rust versus rest debate sure. I, I think in our case uh rest is, is going to help it's helped us all year long uh and again alex and his staff deserve great credit for that so um i am uh, i'm optimistic i really am not to sit here and be debbie downer about a 108 <laughs> win team but um i have another concern and that's the bullpen i think uh, there's a good amount of people in this town that are concerned about the bullpen and something funny actually happened as i'm coming in here i saw the news of uh, the Oakland A's, they are going to start one of their relievers in their one-game wildcard playoff against the New York Yankees, Liam Hendricks. And, you know, I- I'm just curious to get your mindset on uh, on that strategy. I hate it, yeah. personally. I-, I don't like it either. I don't like getting away from, you know, something that's worked uh, all year long. And I know their, star- their-, their starters have been... Um, sort of catch as catch can throughout the course of the year and their bullpen has been absolutely lights out. So I, I, I get it. Um, and I get it. It's a game seven, right? It's, it's throw everything in the, in the table. Um, but, uh, look, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's going to be a great atmosphere down there in New York. Um, in terms of our bullpen, the, the, the great thing about uh, what Dave Dombrowski and Eddie Romero and Brian O'Halloran and all the men and women in the baseball ops department have done, they've put together uh, a deep uh, uh, roster and you're going to now have some of these starters moving into that bullpen. So it will be a different uh, configuration. That said, I would submit to you, for those of us who watch every single pitch of every single Red Sox game, we are more inclined to see the flaws with our particular team. And if you talk to 29 other people in different markets, they'd also be able to point out the flaws um, in their individual bullpens in, in their markets with with rare exception may Oakland may be one of those given how lights out they've been you know you watched Milwaukee last night they mm-hmm. were lights out back in July August some of those same guys were having a hard time with their command getting guys out so um, you just you, you, we've clicked we've been hot at the right times in the years where we've won a championship uh, we've had great starting pitching balanced offensive attack 
and lights out bullpen. Uh, and so you didn't necessarily know that it was going to be lights out going into the postseason. See, Fair. I'm concerned about yep. it. It's not my biggest concern because, I mean, I have a tough time getting too worked up about it because I've seen Red Sox championship bullpen sort of come together and be yeah. dominant in the postseason. I mean, you go back to 2013, maybe we could say the first half of that season. The plan was never... Koji Uihara. It was Joel Hanrahan. It was Andrew Bailey. It was back to Hanrahan. It was back to Bailey. They both got hurt. It's like, hey, Koji, you know, he's on this mound with a nasty, you know, chain split to to Coppender to close out the World Series. It's like, was that the plan? Not necessarily. So, I mean, we've seen bullpens come together and be dominant in the postseason. So I am hesitant to really get too worked up about that. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Koji because I was going to point that out and and you think about as good as Keith Folk was and as good as Jonathan Papelbon was. I mean, Koji was, he was unhittable. I mean, he really was, he was lights out. I had the really good fortune early in my career of working with Trevor Hoffman. And he was, he, he was Trevor Hoffman-like. Koji was just unhittable with that changeup. And um, it was, it, it was, it really was that feeling of just, this is automatic. We got it now. It's oh, the game's over, and that is so rare in baseball. Um, no matter who, even Mariano Rivera, right? You saw some times where there was there was a, a little bit of a letdown. So, Koji was remarkable. Um, look, we're we're gonna see. I don't, I, you know, you, you, the truth is we don't we don't know how it's gonna play out here. Um, but we've got uh, some guys who are gonna now move back to the bullpen, whether it's Eddie Rodriguez or Nate Evaldi mm-hmm. or you know, some guys that have been um stretched out and, and used as starters, now they fall back to the bullpen. Sometimes that works really, really well, sometimes it doesn't, uh so we'll see. Uh, I mean I guess that brings me to, you know, game four, potential game four, with all the stuff with sale. You know, you talked about Evaldi or Rodriguez going back to the bullpen. I mean that decision, hey, would we start sale on short rest in a game four? Would we go with Rodriguez or Evaldi? Do, do you guys have that conversation with Alex Cora? Is that, and this is just my own, you know, I'm, I'm curious about yeah. how that decision is made because that would seem like a pretty big deal, especially talking about someone like Chris Sale who, who was dealing with some type of inflammation and, and obviously you want him around for the future of this organization. I mean, um, you guys are involved in that conversation about the potential game four starter on short rest. If, yeah. if if you were to think about sale, yeah, and it really is one of those conversations that um, can only really be had now on a speculative basis because sure. a lot of it depends on how the the, the flow of a of a postseason series goes. Uh, I will tell you that the difference it. it doesn't sound like a lot of a difference, but a five-game series versus a seven-game series. Uh, hey, five-game series hey. can, be over, can be over like that. We've it, seen it. Exactly. So. And and so um, Alex Cora, Dana Levangi, they, they know these guys uh, better than anybody. They will have all the information and make the decisions. They will. There will definitely be uh, input from uh, ownership and Dave Dombrowski to the extent that you know there needs to be. Be, but there's going to be no, uh, you know, calls down from an owner suite or even the general manager's mm-hmm. box down to the yeah. uh, dugout or, or, or clubhouse. This Alex Cora is running this clubhouse, and Alex Cora is running this team with his staff. I mean, one of the things that's so impressive about Alex is the staff that he surrounded himself with. It's a, it's you've got uh, guys who've been in the game for a long, long time, like Ron Renicky, and then you've got uh, younger guys like Carlos uh, Febles at third base, who's kept everybody loose. 
great baseball mind, uh, will be a manager uh, someday, maybe maybe someday soon. Um, and so it's a really, really good staff. Putting Dana Levangie in that job was a brilliant move. I mean, the guy had been with the organization. He's been here longer than I have. And for him to get that chance to step up, what an amazing job he's done. So they'll, they'll make the call. Um, but we're all together. We all travel together in the postseason. We're in the hotel together. We don't really have anything else going on in our lives than baseball during, certainly during the month of October. So there'll be a lot of conversation about it. But uh, no, we leave those decisions to the to the experts. Uh, just to clarify, you don't want a reliever start in that game. Though, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want to. I I hate it. No, I don't no. like the reliever start in a game. I can understand. You know, all right, it's a one game, it's a game seven. They think this is their best opportunity to, you know, bring Hendricks out in, you know, Oakland versus New York. Oakland wants to bring Hendricks out, three up, three down, get off to a good start. I still don't want to see you guys ever do that. Well, you know, it it all depends on the individual situation and circumstances that you find yourselves in. Um, I just, you know, I remember we were in 2003. We, Theo and I laugh about this. We thought we had the, not not me, he thought the bullpen by committee was going to be a, you know, a a sort of a revolutionary approach. And I remember getting walked off and we're walking out of Tropicana Field with our blue blazers and khaki pants saying to ourselves, well, you know, that didn't really work out very well. (laughs) That was open Theo's first game as general manager. So uh, look, you try different things and uh, injuries prevent certain challenges. Um, guys who aren't performing present certain challenges, but, um, we, we feel very good that this is a a team with deep depth. Uh, and look, every team, uh, that has a chance to play in, in postseason, we really need to cherish this because uh, you, you just you recognize how hard it is to get here. Yeah, the format, playoff format, the one-game playoffs. I mean, we had two one-game playoffs just to decide the division. Now we have two wild-card playoffs. Do you, so one in each league, obviously. Do you ever want to see that be a wild-card series? Yeah, it's a great question. Short answer is, yeah, I think it would be compelling. I mean, to because the Yankees had a hundred wins, and not to sit here and defend the Yankees at Fenway because right. I am, I right. don't want to do that. <laughs> we'll just call it Team X has a hundred wins, and now they have to play one game to decide their season. Yeah, it's, I, it seems somewhat unfair. So, I mean, would you ever want to see a, a wild card series, even if it was a best of three? Yeah, I. I personally think that examining the opportunity for more playoff baseball is a good thing. Um, You know, you have 162 games. I recognize their challenges going to 154, sort of back to where we were decades ago. But it's worth an examination and a conversation with the players. Baseball's looked at it in the past. I think Rob Manfred and crew have done a great job. I mean, yesterday was so exciting. Game 163 to roll into now two one-game playoffs. It's it's fantastic. And we all realize, let's face it, there's 162 regular season games to then all of a sudden be in an environment where every pitch, every at-bat is – you know, under the spotlight is awesome, and, and it's it's great for the sport. So we have talked a lot internally over the years, going back 
a decade, you know, would it make sense to have more playoff baseball? Is that possible? Um, and the answer is, yeah, it's worth considering and, and looking at it. Um, but what baseball has done so well with is, is putting a premium on winning the division. So those regular season games in April and May, you know, when, when you, we started the season 17 and two, of course, I'm going to focus on the one game we lost opening day in Tampa, which by the way, was very similar to the 2003 game where we got walked off. But you know, those games all matter. And why? Because you got to win your division. The one game playoff scares the crap out of everybody. So, um, yeah, I was thinking about Aaron Boone uh, and the Yankees. We had Phil Nevin played for us in San Diego, so I know him pretty well. Thinking about these guys, they won 100 games, 162, and they're yeah. they're playing, you know, for their lives. Uh, it, it just shows you, you, you got to win your division. You're going to be rooting for Oakland or New York? You know, I've, I've asked everyone in our baseball operations department, <laughs> who do we match up better against? What do you think? Yeah. Um, it's split. It's unbelievable. It's uh, really? there, there's a a there's strong opinions on both sides. Um, look, I, I one thing I don't like uh, about Oakland is just the travel. You know, just the the human beings going across. I like, was going to say that that must be the only the only reason somebody so, would root. Yeah, three three times as well. You also you want to beat the Yankees, right? There there is the fact that we could have a chance to have them come here and and play them, and then go down to their place and beat yeah, them. But you know, you get a couple um, shallow <laughs> pup flies that end up in the seats on you, and you you're thinking, why didn't we just travel to? Why couldn't we travel to? The just West go Coast? to Oakland, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it if if you're asking me, um, you know, I, I want to think positively. So who would who would I rather beat? I'd rather beat the Yankees. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I'd rather beat the Yankees, too. I'd rather see the Red Sox beat the Yankees, too. But I would just prefer Oakland. So I'm going to be rooting for Oakland. Um, on it's going to be a great game, Wednesday. isn't it? It's no, going to be it fun is. to watch. Uh, and I'm interested to see how the, the whole you know reliever as a starter for Oakland works in that game. But um, you know, back to this team, you, you, you think back to the offseason where you made some moves that created what you have now. And the, the I can't leave here today without asking you about J.D. Martinez, I mean, 43 home runs, uh, obvious MVP candidate, along with Mookie Betts. But I, I can't lie to you, when when the J.D. Martinez sign-in happened, I questioned it because I felt like the whole league questioned him at the time because he wasn't getting the money that he asked for. You know, the numbers that they wanted right away, they weren't getting that money. And you see what he did... And, and you think back, you go, well, why didn't he get that money? And, and so when he didn't sign with the team for so long and then you guys signed him, I, I just thought to myself, there's just something that I'm, that I'm missing here. Why didn't anybody else want this guy, especially seeing now what he was able to do? What, what was the reason for the holdup? And, and, and really nobody wanting to match their number because obviously he would have been worth that if he got that big number that they asked for originally. Well, it, it's we could only speak for our, ourselves, obviously, and we uh, valued JD uh, greatly, as you could tell. I mean, they 
time you have a, a contract uh, of the magnitude that we have, right? That's one of the biggest contracts in the game. And uh, we valued him greatly. When I think if you put yourself on the other side of the table uh, as an agent representing a, a, team, a player, um, your job is to set the market and, and to try and uh, put uh, expectations out there in the marketplace's uh, collective minds. And so that's what happened. And for whatever reason, you had other teams uh, maybe uh, trying to be CBT compliant or not willing to go uh, to the levels that um, that they were asking. I'm not sure. When it, when it came to us, we had uh, a contract and a set of parameters in our minds that worked for the Red Sox in the context of the larger uh, ecosystem of our overall payroll mm-hmm. and commitments that we have moving forward. And we are so thankful and grateful to J.D. Martinez for uh, accepting our offer and making a deal to come here because as um, uh, David Price said, you know, he, he is the, uh, he's been the MVP for the Red Sox. And Mookie Betts is probably the MVP for all baseball, uh, given what he's done this year. But J.D. Martinez coming here, um, I, you know, Mookie actually just said it the other day is the greatest thing to ever happen to him is J.D. Martinez. So he is like having not only the offensive production and, and what he does with that bat in the middle of the lineup, but it's like having uh, a hitting coach inserted into mm-hmm. uh, the lineup, into the game. He's He, he eats, breathes, sleeps, teaches hitting the guy has just been so impactful for everyone around him um and you look if, if you look at the lineup last year to this year look at what he's done it's just been remarkable and um we're excited he's here and and i know he's excited about playing baseball in october he was downright giddy he's a very calm cool yeah. collected character he, <coughs> excuse me he is fired up about playing october baseball at fenway and not just that move but you hired alex cora and, um, you know, you've already raved about him, and, and how can you not? But, I mean, did he, knowing what you knew about him and seeing a 108-win season, I mean, what did you learn about him? Did you learn anything new? Did he exceed your expectations as a manager? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he, he what we knew about Alex was that he was a great organizational guy, great baseball instincts. Um, it It's something that you know, has been a part of his life since he was born with his older brother, so on and so forth. But what I've learned is just how um, uh, strategic he is in terms of uh, a longer term view. And what I mean by that is, yeah, he wants to win every single night. Uh, But by taking a larger, longer term view, sort of seeing the big picture, uh, ironically, he created more wins every night, um, which is really interesting because, you know, sometimes if you're in a two, three game skid, it's not as easy to rest Mookie or rest JD or, um, you know, pull a pitcher out after 91 pitches mm-hmm. instead of 106 pitches. And uh, he seemed to consistently over the course of the season take that longer term view, recognizing what was really important, which is uh, being set up and ready to go as we get into the playoffs where we are now. And I mentioned, you know, JD Martinez, we talked about the MVP race. Mookie Betts, this guy, I watched this guy and this kid, really, and I think I can't see him play for another team. So, you know, with certain players in this organization, it is kind of the elephant in the room. You're watching them going, all right, where's the contract? You see all this money thrown around in Major League Baseball. We look ahead to 
uh, the upcoming offseason with star-studded free agency, right? And I don't think anybody in this town wants to see Mookie Betts get to that point. So you watch him and you think, you know, is he is he going to be locked up into a deal, you know, before that free agency period hits? And, and, and where do you guys stand with Mookie right now and the long-term future of him in this organization? Well, without violating any um, uh, cardinal law, I know even though it's the Danny Picard uh, podcast, we still can't violate any uh, cardinal Major League Baseball rules or violate any confidential conversations that have gone on. Other than I can say um, uh, John Henry, Tom Werner, uh, Dave Dombrowski, Alex Cora, yours truly have made it well known to Mookie that we want him to be a part of this franchise forever. Um, he is uh, he is just special. He is such a unique person player, uh, member of the Red Sox. He lifts everybody else up. He um, lifts the coaching staff up. He's constantly uh, taking coaches money on the golf course. Uh, he's, you know, he, he is just an, an unbelievable representative of our organization. Uh, and we, we hope he's here forever. We've had several sit down conversations with him just to, just to be sure that he knows how we feel about him, um, how the marketplace feels about him. So short answer is we'd love to sign him for the, the long term. And, and that is certainly a goal. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we have a business to run. He has a personal business to run. And, and unfortunately, you can say all those things. Uh, but at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. So um, hopefully we'll be able to put something together with him that, that works for both sides. And um, I agree. I would want to see Mookie Betts uh, anywhere else uh, and that's uh, that's that's part of the problem uh, with our with our industry you, you draft develop these guys they, they come into their own and a lot of times you're able to sign them a lot of times you're not so hopefully we'll be able to in the case of Mookie all right well Mookie's a huge piece of the puzzle game one Friday night ALDS Chris Sale on the mound and uh, last question for you I mean I I, I gotta ask it but 108 wins how can you not consider that a successful season, but at the same time, in this town, it's all about championships. If there's no championship this year, are you looking at this season saying this was still a success? I am to the extent that I've been here for so long now. You realize that winning the American League is winning 108 games is uh, is great, and it's success. Will we be happy with just that? No, <laughs> we will feel like um, we fell short of the ultimate goal. And unfortunately, uh, in this sport, in this game, um, y- y- when you don't win your last game uh, in October, you-, you always feel that way. And John Henry and Tom Werner came in here in 2002 as relatively unknown new owners 17 years in. Um, they've become hungrier and hungrier and hungrier for more championships. I think it's because we're around the Kraft family and Celtics ownership and the Bruins ownership. It's like, this is just the the greatest era in, in Boston sports history. You and I are from here. We've seen mm-hmm. uh, some eras. We're, we're not that old, but we've seen uh, a lot of them. This is the greatest era 
in Boston sports history. Uh, Marty Walsh, uh, who I'm a huge fan of, um, is uh, not had a Red Sox parade under his watch. He reminds me of that. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it is our turn to step up here, uh, and and hopefully we'll get it done. But no, winning 108 games uh, and winning the American League East is a successful um, uh, body of work, but it's not the goal. It's not the end goal. We got, we got, a, we got, we got a long way to go for that. Right. Well, you summed us up. We're not even happy with success in this <laughs> town, right? That, that, is, <laughs> that is us. That's, that's that it. is who we are. I think we just nailed it. All right, Sam. Thank you. Um, appreciate it and hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, Danny. Good to be with you. All right, nice job right there by Sam Kennedy. Special thanks to him and the Red Sox for letting me come into Fenway and record this special midweek edition of the Danny Picard Show. You can get this show whenever you want at podcastone.com. Also on iTunes, Spotify, really anywhere podcasts are available. Also on my website, dannypicard.com. And a reminder, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard, I'll be back later in the week. I will react to the Patriots Thursday night football game at Gillette Stadium against the Indianapolis Colts, and I will give picks picks for week five in the NFL. I'm out. Talk to you then. <laughs>